Today is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Do you know there's no Target in Canada? <laughs> the land of Canada has no Target. Let's let's talk about that for like two minutes, because that's all it needs. Uh, then we talk about the Nephilim. Who knows about the Nephilim? Let's talk about that. And uh, then let's talk about, is Jesus God? Again, where does Jesus say he's God? Except this time it goes a little differently than off the, uh, you know, a little off the beaten path. So, Revelation 21, 7, there's your spoiler. Where does Jesus say he's God? Where does Jesus say he's God? Revelation 21, 7. So, um, I, I get a little maybe salty today. Um, you know, you get what you give. Soft answer turns away wrath and all that. But um, maybe you'll see a little saltier version of Nate uh, today, there's just a couple obstinate people right in a roll, and, um, well, you'll see. So, the end of the discussion um, is, is a little bit, you may want to get your uh, popcorn and movie glasses out. Anyway, um, for the rest of it, yeah, pretty mellow tone, pretty, like, normal. So, um, anyways, enjoy the broadcast, enjoy the podcast, share the links, please. Check out the Ask a Christian book available on Amazon, and check out the Ask a Christian store. Get yourself a t-shirt to get you stopped and asked why you believe in Jesus. And um, let's see what else. You can also donate to show your support for this podcast and keep us going. Much appreciated. So enjoy your day. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. And we'll see you on the morrow. Yeah, I think uh, so. so. So right now we're just trying to teach him not to, you know, pee and poop all over the house. And, you know, getting a rescue is a little difficult or a little different because, uh, you know, he's I mean, he's crate trained. I mean, most dogs are pretty simple to crate train, but it's uh, it's. I want to hurry up and get to that spot where I don't have to keep eyeballs on him all the time. And I can like trust him for five minutes to not do something nefarious in my house. So, uh, yeah, hopefully after a couple of weeks of, you know, preemptively taking him out and all that stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I certainly get, yeah. So yeah, target target tried here. Um, and much to my wife's chagrin, uh, they didn't make it. She tried, uh, like, uh, anyway, basically, my understanding is, is that they came in. So there was there was a previous retailer here called Zellers. Um, and Zellers was part of the Hudson Bay Company, which is like the oldest retailer in the world. Um, and basically, the Z Zellers was going, basically, they went out of business. And Target came in, basically, and occupied all of their stores. I think damn near countrywide. So they came in and basically they came in too hot, too heavy, too fast. And one of the problems that they were faced with was in in Canada, everything has to be, you know, by bilingual, bilingually labeled French and English, right? Unlike in the in the US where it's French or it's English and Spanish, right? <laughs> so there was a there was a big there was a lot of cost and expense to re to that was going to be involved in relabeling a bunch of their stuff and so they so there's some stuff they didn't as a result they didn't bring to canada and the stuff apparently they chose not to bring to canada was the whole reasons why canadians go to the u.s to shop at target anyway so so it basically didn't it didn't last it like it didn't last a year and they they folded up and left and part part of the other problem was is that walmart had Walmart in Canada had more than a 20 year head start. So they were firmly like they were firmly entrenched already. Um, so 
I think that had something to do with it, but I don't know. I'm not uh, in the comments. So, uh, Nate, I think we need to declare war on Canada for kicking out Target. It's totally unacceptable. Uh, they left. We didn't kick them out. Just like they declared war on us for kicking out Terrence and Philip. Was that, was that how that happened? I believe so. You're going to make me break into song that'll get that'll make you mute me. <laughs> See how I just tiptoe around the edges and you're like, no, I got to go. I got to go all the way in. <laughs> or was it the anyways? <laughs> um, yeah, I lived in uh, I lived in Humboldt County for a while uh, in northern California, and it was like super, super hippie country and like, you know, very anti everything, corporate, blah, 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 whatever. So they finally, when I, when I got there, apparently Target had been trying to move in for like 12 years and all the activists like kept them out because I mean, they had like a Kmart and a, no, there was no Walmart, but they had a Kmart and like, you know, a Winco and like kind of like a knockoff warehouse shopping center. So they had some big, big box stores, but they kept Target out. And I guess they just got this nice new shiny Target right by the bay when I moved there. And uh, I was told that Basically, they had to make a deal and pay like multi millions of dollars to like clean up the bay and like make the place nice. And in exchange, they let them have the store there. Don't know how this related, but that's all I got. <laughs> what must Target do to be saved? <laughs> well, apparently, clean up a bay. And, uh, you know, that goes back to like our corporations' people. Like, if, if corporations you know, can have voting power, blah, 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 because they're people, I'd say that that contradicts theology because, you know, corporations can't have souls. If you can't have a soul, you can't be saved. So Target cannot be saved. Sorry, Target. Uh, Chris, I saw this video this morning. You wouldn't love it. Um, it was YouTube, apparent, or uh, Twitter is set afire with it. It is a church service that looks like in a bunker with like military tents around it. And um, it is these people talking in tongues while one guy is swinging a shield and another guy is waving a sword around while talking in tongues. So yeah, I saw it. I'm a little, I'm a little sympathetic to the talking in tongues, but um, I can't go that far. And I'm sure you just like belly laugh the entire time. Well, Nate, this answers the question, where was Chris this weekend? That's he was the one true. holding the camera, weren't you? Yeah, I was the guy with the shield. I'm gonna, not going to lie. <laughs> well, the guy with the shield looked like Santa Claus. Chris was LARPing? <laughs> LARPing for I'm, Christ. I'm constantly LARPing. Michael, have you played Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, by the way? No, I've not. Oh. Well, never mind. <laughs> so I was interviewing for um, the, the uh, position to... Uh, Fill the John Lee hole, hole in the hearts of the atheists, because I guess John Lee has left Clubhouse and the atheists. Are you serious? Are, yeah, the atheists, um, not Michael, but like you know, like Haiti and her whole group, and Tom Rabbit. They've they've all been like going through the five stages of grief. They, they may need some counseling, Michael. You may need to be on hand as a grief counselor, because they have they've lost their punching bag. And they're trying to interview any theist they possibly can to uh, replace him. Sorry, sorry. I was just my my attention was drawn away by something else for a second. Who did they lose? So they lost John Lee. So John Lee has decided to get off a of clubhouse because his oh, okay. uh, faux wife has said 
that he's on it too much. And uh, okay. so, um, yeah, so he, he has, he has buggered out of clubhouse and now, um, they were interviewing me for the position of, uh, can you be the new John Lee? And I was ultimately rejected because I had too much self-esteem and not <laughs> enough gaslighting skill. I, in, you know what? I, I didn't dislike John Lee. Um, I, 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 there's not many people I really dislike. Uh, I didn't dislike John Lee, but I found him to be uh, just tiring to to talk to. Well, it seemed like he would. I mean, I never. I, God, I, I like I barely know these people. Like I've probably talked to John more than most of the people that I have no idea who are. But I mean, you know, we never, never really. I was never around him that much. But it just seemed like, from my impression, like the guy was like a, a I don't know, but like the Energizer Bunny. Like he would, he would never get super animated or worked up when I was around. He would just like keep going and keep going. And like, you know, where we'd be like, all right, dude, we've told you the same thing like 5,000 times. Like we can't anymore. Just, just please go away. Um, repent and believe. And it's like John would never tire. He'd just keep doing the same thing and just keep on powering through. I'm like, dude, that guy, will, he just like hits reset and goes again. Like I thought he would never give up or, or well i mean i guess if his wife made him then that's not really his choice but again that's all i have to contribute <laughs> i'm useless and, let, and let's be clear it's not actually his wife it's his living girlfriend of 14 years i think who he calls his wife but they're not married and there's no common law so that was a whole thing a couple months ago that the atheists were ragging on i have to admit it was kind of a little bit it was so and, and sorry so who, who needs counseling no, I was saying that the, the atheists are going through the five oh. stages of grief right now, and yesterday was bargaining, Michael. And so they, <laughs> they're, they're eventually going to get to acceptance for losing John, but they, they may need some grief counseling here and there. You may, you may be called upon. Ah, okay, understood. Uh, it's weird, you know, I... I started writing um, my opening statement for a discussion I'm going to be having probably next month with somebody on, um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with uh YouTube channel, uh, Standing for Truth. Um, oh. Sorry, are you? I'm not. I'm oh, like okay. most things. I am not familiar with that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Chris so uh, uh, the guy's name is Donnie. Uh, Donnie, uh, Donnie Budinsky. Um, it's, and that's his real name. He's, uh, he, he's a fellow Canadian. He lives, uh, uh, you, uh, Nate, you were talking earlier about Northern California. He lives in like the very Southern part of Australia, which is the same latitude as Northern California. Um, and anyway, he sent me an email the other day asking about uh, whether or not I'd be willing to have a debate. And I said, no, but I'll have, I'll talk to somebody because I don't like the idea of debates um, about the existence of God, evidence for the existence of God. So I was, uh, I was writing some of my opening and in part of my opening, I, I, I said that I spend a lot of time. I spend most of my time talking to people that I disagree with in social media situations. And <clears throat> So to trail back to the people you mentioned before, people like, you know, Haiti, Tom, all these other people, I, I don't dislike any of those people. I quite like Haiti and I quite like Tom. Hey, I, I, I'm a Tom Rabbit video. Actually, I think I'm two or three. 
Um, but uh, I, I find sometimes that there's there conversation can get stagnant um, because there are times I've found when there there are people you know who who share my quote unquote worldview. But they they just they just go about the discussions in ways that I don't find particularly charitable or particularly going to going to provoke good conversation, if that makes sense. I think it's funny that you you said sometimes the conversations can get stagnant as you're gearing up to have a conversation about the existence of God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is gonna be um <clears throat> Uh, the guy's name is Paul. I don't know much more about him than that. Um, obviously, he's a Christian. Um, but yeah, it 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 should be good. It'll be uh, yeah. It's probably happening in a, a month or so. I'll I'll give you more detail as as they get close. What if there's an unmasking and it's actually just Stanley using a monitor? Um, it, it well because I've actually uh, so Don Donnie linked me a video with Paul. And unless I mean it's it's either the best um, makeup ever done, or he's he's a white dude. So wasn't it was it Bill Nye and Ken Ham's? Wasn't that about the existence of God, or was that evolution stuff? That was about young Earth versus older. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I forgot what that evolution. torture debate was about. Yeah. Which is which is weird. I even I kind of the, the, what is that eight nine ten years ago now? Um, yeah, it's a long time ago. I found it really interesting that that somebody put that together because Bill Nye's an engineer. Like he he's I mean so I mean he is in the stems right, but he's not you know he's he's not a quote unquote you know scientist you know but, from but the, he's you a know, popular the... culture figure so he was going to drive views right so that's why they did that says the person who's in branding well but, yeah and, but he's and a so science guy because, it says in the name <laughs> yeah but it was because bill nye was so vehemently criticizing the ark encounter and answers in genesis that they finally invited him he was being very public about his you know disdain for all of these things and so they finally were like well fine come and have a debate it wasn't like they just like picked bill nye out of obscurity we're like hey here's this 80s tv show guy that we can pick on it wasn't anything like that it was that bill nye started it and then they were like all right well then let's have a debate that was the that was the the reason given. yeah i mean the the arc encounter in and of itself is hysterical um because i mean like he <laughs> His his own structure is a testament to the inviability of the Bible story. Um, you know, like th that that structure, which was never designed to float, had to be put together using modern engineering, steel beams, you know, both both larger than pe the diameter of people's thighs, right? Um, so the fact that this, you know, the the idea of this thing could be put together with a bunch of mud and pitch. Is, is to just, be fair, it just makes the whole thing laughable. He didn't have God supernaturally holding the mud together. For example, just saying. If, if, well, if you're I mean, going, Michael, if you're going uh, to allow for that, if you're going to allow for that, then cool. Yeah, but right? Michael, out, out of fairness, <laughs> but pyramids are are people are curious about how the pyramids came together, aren't they? Uh, aliens. I, I know that answer. It's aliens. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's aliens. Um, yeah. 
it's just very tongue in, <laughs> very tongue in cheek. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gonna get someone yeah. someone clip that. Michael says aliens built the pyramids. I feel yeah. like Michael I, should be on Ancient Aliens, just be like super baked <laughs> and just like talk about the pyramids. Yeah, I've never. Well, that would that would be a first. I have never. Um, I have never taken an illegal or illicit drug in my life, like never once. Um, so that would be that would be interesting. I think my wife would maybe enjoy seeing me like that. Um, but yeah, I've never done that. But no, I just think the whole thing, like uh, a, a better – if they were to redo it now, like for example, like if they were re, re, to redo uh, the Ken, uh, Ken Ham debate now, a really good guy would be someone actually I just found a little while ago. And he was he was our guest on podcast episode number one hundred and eighty. If you wish to go check it out, www.thecapodcast.ca. Um, hmm. uh, you can find Dr. Daniel Stern Cardinale, who is an evolutionary biologist. And a little over a month ago, he pulled he pulled Kent Hovind's pants down online and spanked him over all the things he doesn't even understand about evolution. So that would be a good guy to have square off against Ken Ham for the next one. Well, but then if you if you're gonna raise that guy, then I'm gonna raise you. Well, it'd be the, I wouldn't be raising. It would be trading. If you're gonna like, you know, what's what's the the word I'm I'm missing? It's like if you're going to replace, you know, Bill Nye for that guy. Well, then I want to replace Ken Ken Ham with someone else. Okay. Who? Yeah, but so, again, who, yeah, but again, so, so who are just the best two views. people? <laughs> no, it's never going to be about who's the best two people. It's going to be about the views. So it would be Neil yeah. deGrasse Tyson would be a great person to have against uh, somebody, you think? for instance. Just, just keep Why? Neil deGrasse Tyson away from the interns. Just, just keep him away from the interns. <laughs> well, I mean, he's Neil deGrasse Tyson. He, he's, 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 he's the most popular astrophysicist in the world. I mean, that's well, why. yeah, but one, it's astrophysics, and two, like popularity. Like, are we looking for quality or just popular people? You're looking yeah, for I mean, popular people that have. Some I mean, brains. he would be something. He would be a good guy if they were going to talk about, you know, something, you know, in and around cosmology, right? But I mean, Neil. De I don't even think Neil deGrasse Tyson publicly identifies as an atheist, does he? I'm, I think he does. I think you're going to say. I thought. I thought I heard in an interview. He said he was agnostic one point. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that may have been a long time ago. Maybe. He said. Um, he Maybe said it's either, He said either God doesn't exist or God is evil. That's his quote. No, oh. yeah, no, it's interesting because I mean, you have, uh, I, I don't, I don't slight people for the, for the stance that they take on things like that. Like for example, uh, Dr. Francis Collins, right. You know, who's, you know, head of the human, uh, head of the national Institute of health. He was the, the person in charge of the human genome project. Like he accepts the fact of evolution and yet he's a Christian. So, you know, like, so when, when, when someone's able to compartmentalize, uh, well, eh, whatever. That that's up for you and he to discuss, or maybe he and God, whatever. If that thing turns out to be real, um, that thing, but, yeah, <laughs> how endearing. So you know, if it, it it seems to me that you know, however you want to identify is is fine. So I mean, just because you know Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, either does or doesn't, you know, kind of claim the mantle of atheism, I don't care. Um, you know, he's he's still going to talk about things from a you know from empirical or, or scientific perspective, right? So. Well, good it's, arguments. I mean, yeah, I mean, good arguments can come from anywhere, but I always, always get like hackles up a little bit, like when when people take you know such an absolute stance, like you know either this then that, like uh, you know either God doesn't exist or he's definitely evil, uh, versus you know because the the bar is not big, right? Like there's like I, I try to do stuff to just like get past the ridiculous points to get to what matters, and I appreciate about that about you, Michael, 
like how, you know, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Like to move on to the bigger issue, it's like, oh, well, you know, like the mud thing. It's like, or, you know, if you have a God that created the universe, then nothing else is off the table. You're like, okay, fine. If that, then sure. Um, instead of being like, no, no, he has to be evil or he doesn't exist. It's like, okay, well, fine. If I'm missing something that, you know, can't be proven, and it's kind of out there in the ether and it's very abstract, then okay, if that, then sure, let's move on. But people that can't do that, I'm just like, okay, it seems like you're so beholden to like a certain rigid point or rigid thinking that without evidence as to why it must either not exist or be evil. And then undoubtedly they'll quote something from the Old Testament, but see, that's evil. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the understanding. So if this view is true, then will you retract that? They're like, no, never. I'm like, come on. I'm like, I'm like throwing you a bone. Just grab the thing. It's like, look, if this scenario, whether or not you think it's unlikely or not, is true, then obviously God would not be evil and he could exist. Do you agree? No, never. It's like, okay, well, you're just like so dug into your point that that reason has escaped you. Well, I think there's a there's a uh, another point to be made, and you know, it's like if you're going to see that there are some that, um. You know, like our friend, who shall remain <laughs> one, right? Um, you know, he, as I, I said before in previous discussions, he can't even spell charity, let alone display it in a conversation. So, if if you if you lack the capacity to to use the principle of charity, then that can be problematic from the get go. If you're going to try to have these these types of of discussions, right? I get accused all the time of being too charitable. Right. Why did you concede that? I, I get messages. Why did you concede that point? Like, leave me alone. Like, you know, it's like, I'm going to have this conversation the way I'd like. I hope that's okay with you. Um, but it, it's, it, it all depends. Like there are some people who choose really weird hills to die on in conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, Michael, my standard is, does someone have neuroplasticity? I think clearly you do. I like Katie for the same reason. So I think people who just have the range where they can concede things and they can have conversations in good faith just make much more, be much better dialogue. Well, I think people, like, their ego gets the best of them. And they think if they concede to one point, then, you know, how's that going to make me look? And am I giving something up? Am I looking weak? It's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you're not looking weak by admitting something that, you know, if a highly unlikely situation is true, well, then, no, it just means you're being authentic and people are going to pay more attention instead of like, no, no, this, you know, my view of someone like that. It's like I do it, too. I mean, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm sure I have my own weird stuff that I weird heels to die on. They're like, why would you pick that? But I mean, by and large, I'm, you know, people like occasionally they'll make a point and be like, okay, well, look, if this is true about God, then is he evil? I'm like, okay, sure. If your highly unlikely scenario is true, then yeah, God would be evil. I, I just don't think that. But yeah, if your scenario, the way you word is true, sure. Like instead of telling them, no, you're actually wrong because, you know, your worldview doesn't allow you to say that and you're possessed by demons. I mean, no, no, no. Whatever you said, if that's true, then sure, God's bad. I, I don't know. I think it's like communication 101 or 201. Or, or the demon thing. I don't know. Did I kill the room? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, no. I'm just going once more into the into the breach. I've got to see what the lay of the land for my tile job is. I pulled up all the old tile yesterday, but I have... <clears throat> about 2,000 pounds of old tiles sitting in the house still. I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. Oh, let's see. Is this uh... one stage and change the topic to this question. What uh, question? Uh, why is Jesus why? God? Is that the question? Or the Noah and Eric thing? 
That was easy. Huh? Oh. Jesus is God because he raised from the dead. That was easy. Um, what were you going to say, Mike? Uh, is this your kitchen rental you're doing? <laughs> you're right. Back uh, to tile. Yeah. Yeah. Can, um, we, can we discuss the Nephilim Giants thing that's in the chat? Because I always was very curious about that. Fee, fi, fo, they made it with daughters and got flooded. Oh my gosh, the Nephilim. It's like the one of the stupidest things that people come up with. There's like one mention in the scripture, like half of a verse, and people build entire mythologies around it, and it makes me Chris, I can't hear you very good. You're you're in the matrix. Oh. So so the Nephilim is just one of those subjects that like it makes me crazy. Like it there's half of a verse in the scripture about the Nephilim. We know basically nothing about them except that they were like not nice. And people build up these mythologies and talk about a hill to die on. People will get violently <laughs> angry if you disagree with them about their mythologies that they've built up out of nonsense. Well, can you take a step back from me? I, I don't, I, I know the Bible verse, but I don't really understand the whole context about why this has become such a big deal. And like, I've heard ver angels, I heard all sorts of weird stuff. So can you, can you just take a step back from me? I mean, why do people get so emotionally involved in it? I don't know. I mean, it's it's like they they feel like it's an attack on the scripture if you don't agree with whatever their pet theology or pet myth really mythology is, because there's been no you know theologians that have really taken a huge stance on this. The early church had some pretty ignorant views of it, and they'll go back to that. Um, and then the uh, you know, and maybe I think Abba's down there. Maybe he can. Or maybe he left already, but maybe he can fill in some of the rabbinic traditions with it. But, you know, there's this extra biblical book that the Jews did not include in the canon because they knew it was nonsense called the Book of Enoch. And so it fills in some of these blanks about the Nephilim and all these and people just take it as absolute truth and they go nuts about it. Um, because they want to believe in giants and they want to have fairy stories and they want to have Lord of the Rings and they want to have trolls and they want to, you know, they want to have, you know, whatever Mordor, um, you know, in, in the, in reality. And this is their way of, I think, I think I'm not going to try to sell anybody their psychology. That's Michael's job. But, um, you know, I think that there's a psychological need for fantasy to be real for some people. That's oh, hey, speaking of uh, what, Michael? That's why Nate and I played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> what are you talking about, Michael? That's that's crazy. Dungeons and uh, yes, yes, I, I don't think it's uh, it's a perilous thing to, to do that. Um, I mean, if I was trying to raise the dead with Ouija boards and integrate that, I get it. But yeah, anyways. Uh, Michael, I think a little fantasy break every now and then is fine. But speaking of fantasy um, and having their Mordor, watch this leap, Chris. Have you heard of the film that just came out called, I think it's Nefarious? Apparently, it's a modern adaptation of the screw tape letters that everyone is uh, saying it's like a, an amazing movie. All right, I'm just gonna just gonna sit here playing my Fortnite he's, game. He's he's knee deep in tiles. Um. Yeah, like it, it's weird. Yeah, I I obviously don't think that the Nephilim are a thing. Um, but it's, uh, 
it, yeah, it, it's it seems it just seems weird to me. There there are all kinds of, and I'd be curious. But so I'm sure you've all seen those, um, those pictures, or, or maybe you haven't. But you've seen those pictures of where somebody has obviously photoshopped this thing to be like a you know a giant skeleton laying on the ground, and a person you know a, a kind of a regular sized human is kind of superimposed or photoshopped into that. Have you seen these pictures? Um, I think maybe it's been a long, I, I get the idea of what you're talking about though. Like, I think I've seen something vaguely familiar to that. Yeah. It's just so obviously not a thing. Um, but it, it's, I, I'm, I'm curious for, for people who, you know, for people who, who hold the Bible to be, you know, a true representation, you know, of history. If, if they write, if they write off then, and, and I understand that there's a, that it's only a very small snippet from the Bible. But if they write off the Nephilim, I'm curious as to why they why they do. Well, see, I, that's where I would say, like, that's not a hill to die on either way, because, like, you know, they're, like if people can't even prove, like, you know, other than, you know, like the most important things like the gospel, like, you know, if people can't pull Jesus out of the sky and make him repeat water to wine or, you know, if people can't like go back in time and watch the ascension or the resurrection, um, like those are the things you want to prove. And, you know, you can't do that the way I just said, like, you know, you have a history, you have to, you know, decide that a thousand people are telling the truth and no one's lying, not one account. But as far as like, like verifying it, your own eyes, you can't go back in time and see that. And that's what you would want to prove. So everything else that's not the gospel, that's not the ultimate message of your lifetime, then who cares? Um, so like on the Nephilim, it's like, well, you know, people may not ever be able to like, you know, find, uh, um, and again, that means the premise would be right. Like, are they human in every way that they would have a skeleton? Like if they are, depending on which premise you're going off of, if they're like fallen angels that mated with human women or something like that, then I don't know. Do they evaporate? Like when the vampires turn, get staked, do they turn to dust? I'm just saying there's all kinds of insane scenarios you can imagine. So like, maybe that's why there would be no skeletons, but like, I don't have a problem, you know, since apparently this, since especially this has nothing to do with one soul that, yeah, maybe some fallen angels in some way came from heaven, mated with some women, made some weird, weird, gnarly people, um, like quasi humans that were extra tall and, uh, you know, they were caught up in the flood and died. Like, that doesn't matter if they did exist, if they didn't exist, if they existed in a in a way that most of it turned to myth and got hyped up. Um, so no matter how you slice that pie, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine either way. It plays 0% of my salvation. So as the Bible writes it, um, and then people interpret it, that's the big problem is the interpretation. So since the Bible says little to nothing about it, I'm like, Sure, I have no problem with some supernatural beings mating with some humans, making some weird people monsters, and them getting wiped out. Nate? Um, sure. Yes? Is that you, Aviana? I just oh, joined nope. the house. Or the oh, or is that Joanna? Yeah, um, I just joined the house. I thought you were different, Nate. Do you remember me? I do. Okay, good. So I'm in the right. Yeah, so I'd say... Sure, uh, do you have anything... Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you, were you just making sure you're in the right place, Joanna? Or did you have anything to say about the Nephilim? About the what? The Nephilim. Well, um, I'm a big Nephilim girl, but um, I'll let someone else talk first. I have read everything possibly written about the Nephilim. Um, my sister wrote a book called Sinners and the Sea by Rebecca Canner, it's her married name, and it's all about the Nephilim and the flood. Oh, uh, cool. It's, uh, it's Sinners and the Sea. 
I bet you and Chris will have a lot so, to talk about. Oh, yes. Um, so some He was saying he was, think, yeah, he was yeah. super interested in everything he could get Nephilim related. Uh, go ahead, John. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we could have I will kill you, Nate. If you want to. I will drive to Tampa and punch you. Uh, Aviana, you were saying? Oh. Uh, he, yeah. he, Chris has some uh, issues. Sometimes he just says things for no reason. Uh, Aviana, what were you saying? Um, I think I fall in the middle ground. Like, I, I don't believe that it's they mated with demons and all this. I believe the passage, what it's talking about, right? The, the um, what is it? The sons of daughters mated, or no, the sons of what? The sons I can't of God found the daughters of men desirable. No, not that one. Um, it's not that one, but. It talks about. I ju- I believe that it's just that they they mated with those that that were not godly. Um, it has nothing to do with demons or anything like that. However, I do believe that they were giants, but not giants in the sense of like tall as like a forty story building. Um, like we know that Goliath was like ten feet tall. Like he would be considered a giant. I think Og of Bashan. Um, I think that there's biblical proof, but I'd have to go back and check on him that he was like. I don't know, 13 foot tall or something like that. Um, It's not these like completely like just absurd, right? Heights um, that when we think of giants, when we were little, like in fables and stuff like that, right? That they're like as tall as a 40 story building. Um, So I do believe that they were giant, but not giant in the way that, you know, one would generally perceive. Um, And I don't believe that they're, that they mated with demons. I believe that that's just talking about um, the righteous mating with the unrighteous. So there's a Hebrew uh, chant. The meaning in Hebrew is fellas, and in uh, and in Arabic is fellas, and in Hebrew, it actually means to fall. So we have there. I'll end it there. It means to fall, uh, as in fallen angels. So fall, nef is two, and fall is fall. To fall, to fall. That interests anybody. I mean, I don't, I mean, I think that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Like, at least I'm fine with that. Like, you know, a fallen angel, I mean, I I would say that seems fine for me. Uh, But again, that's not a hill I'm willing to die on. Like, you know, there's lots of interpretations and, Ultimately, like if, if we're not going to be able to like, you know, go back in time and watch this with our own eyes, um, the thing you would want to do that most is is the gospel and Jesus. Because if you can prove that, all you got to do, is, you know, like the way we talk about, um, like lay eyes on 2000 years ago. Like if you could, you know, prove God or something, if you know God is real and it's the Christian God, then be on the right side of this God. And all you have to do is bide your time. And I'm sure at some point you're going to get all the questions you ever wanted to know, assuming that, you know, being with the God of the universe, your creator is not enough, then perhaps he'll entertain you and be like, okay, let me answer all your questions about the Nephilim now, as if yeah. streets of tran- transmuted gold aren't enough. Um, now I'll answer your questions about giants. <laughs> I well, think I guess, you know, there is a, yeah. Go ahead, Do you know the Nephilim are mentioned in the New Testament as well, in Peter? Hello? Uh, what's Peter say about it? Uh, I'll post it in the chat. Were you talking, I'm... Chris, or was that Edwin? 
Oh no, I I, 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 I was just gonna ask the real question is who on stage would date a Nephilim? Well, I think I'd probably have the way it's written in the Bible, there would be some moral issues, regardless of, you know, if they were pant size a million, I think the moral issues that would be like the unequally yoked thing. I know I'm seriously entertaining your ridiculous question, but that, that would be an answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't be unequally yoked. So it's like, you know, bad enough someone who, you know, is a non-believer um, or antagonistic of one's faith um, to, to be entangled with that person. Um, imagine how much more a fallen freaking angel. I'd be like, uh, no thanks. I'll just, I'll just not go down that road. I think you made some good, a good point before too, Nate, is that a lot of people are going to uh I was about to call it scripture (laughs) (laughs) to books that are not canonized, like the books of Enoch and, and things of that nature. And, um, they're getting a a lot of this rhetoric from there and it, and it honestly, it it goes, it spirals down into really bad theology. Um, that's the danger of it uh, that I have seen is that it can, I'm not saying always, but it, it can spiral out into some dangerous theology. Well, it could, yeah, I mean, these little, like, kind of, I, I guess I call them pet projects of people. So as long, you know, as long as, because the gospel is so easy that once you get that, you know, people are left to, you know, just keep reading and repeating the same stuff about Jesus, which is not a bad way to go. It's safe. Um, but, you know, you're eventually probably going to want to know about the rest of the Bible. So if people, you know, keep the main thing the main thing, then great, knock yourself out. You know, you want to you research Nephilim, you want to research, like, all these other things, the socioeconomic governance going on at the time fine but don't get so sidetracked that you forget about jesus or you know have a substitute for jesus i think that's where problems arise is when you know people like think they find these little glimmers of truth that no one else has and they're like okay jesus you're cool let me set you over here and they just like dive straight down with no parachute into some like weird weird thing that like totally gives them a new idea they're like i have the true christianity now and it's like wow nothing says cult like that so as long as people keep the main thing, the main thing, great, do what you want. Um, but yeah, I would just say I'll always, uh, you know, keep sight of what's most important and remember uh, to come back to that point often and frequently. I mean, I often hey, and Nate. frequently. Yes. Good, good morning. Up, Nate? Oh, can I tell you, Nate? Uh, yeah, Edwin. And hello, Sean. Yeah. Genesis 6 issue. Um... One of the arguments people use to try to show that the angels, there were angels that had sex with women is uh, in Jude. Uh, this is a, in Jude chapter, well, there's only one chapter here. Jude, uh, verse 6 and 7, it says, And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as... Right? Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, like manner, gave them giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh. Now, the point they draw attention to is, is it says even as Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, the implication is, the argument is, is that the that in Sodom and Gomorrah, the there were men homosexuality was going on. There was they were going after strange flesh. The implication is that the angels also went after strange flesh of the phrase even as so if you read those two verses that's one of the arguments that they use that the, the sin that they committed the angels fell from heaven kind of what joanna was saying uh and they had sex with human women they left their first half oh, you cut out everyone uh, uh sean <laughs> what were you saying 
Uh, Edwin, if you can hear us, you cut out. Let's yeah, can Pakistan. you hear me now? Okay. Good. Oh. Good. Oh. Can, you hear, can you hear me now, um, Nate? Uh, yes. Now we can. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I just, yeah, anyway, uh, in summary, you have two, one, six, and seven. It talks about the angels leaving their first estate, going after strange, and the implication is they went after strange flesh, even as that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what the, the view is, that there was, the men in, in Sodom and Gomorrah went after strange flesh, so did the angels. That is, they left heaven to have sex with human women. Um, there was inappropriate sexual activity, even as there was inappropriate sexual activity in Sodom and Gomorrah. So that's one of the arguments that they use to try to show that the uh, angels had sex with women in Genesis 6. And Sean, what were you saying or going to say? Well, uh, everyone, I wanted to be in agreement that uh, because I have long held from Genesis 6 and from the book of Jude, uh, where it talks about this, which is the scripture where you're getting uh, your thought from, uh, that these are fallen angels who did leave their first estate. And it says the sons of God, Elohim, B'nai Elohim, left their first estate. If it was, if it was talking about man, it would have been B'nai Adam. But then it's, it's specifically talking about in the Hebrew, it says "Bnei Elohim." So that right. that would be the angels left their first estate. So, and then with that, with those scriptures, why did they leave? Why did they leave their first estate? Because they were in rebellion already. Uh, Jude and Second Peter, I think, are the books that quote First Enoch. Um, and because of that, uh, we, we we see, and sometimes you might want to take a look at First Enoch. It's not scripture. I've read it, but uh, but uh, but we know that both Peter and you quotes it. Talk, and if you read First Enoch, it talks about the rebellion that the the rebellion that really took place in heaven. <laughs> so, and then it, and it coincides with Revelation, and it coincides with uh, why Lucifer was kicked up out of heaven and became Satan. So uh, we would say <laughs> that the Nephilim, the Nephilim, are did become giants, but their disembodied spirits became what we know as demons. Paul, did, I was talking about that this morning. <laughs> Reading Second Peter. <laughs> Well, I felt a little bad that Joanna took off. I guess we weren't being charitable enough to her, um, to her, seemed like extra Nephilim stuff, mm -hmm. which I mean, it's entertaining. Like I, I get a neighbor that was like super one time they moved away to some compound in the middle of the woods. So, you know, take what you will from that, but they're like super in the Nephilim and like, you know, I, I heard all their theories and ideas. I'm like, okay, great, 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 great. I'll just file that away under, you know, no way to verify that. But I mean, it seemed like Joanna was kind of kind of along those lines, which you know I don't know her. Seems like she's you know a Christian based on what she said. So right. you know I was I was putting her in one of those categories. It's like you know keeping the main thing the main thing. But maybe she thought I wasn't, or I don't know, felt convicted. But I she, don't know. she took off. Chris, um, if you want, maybe we could reach out to her and get her get you some more of that material. Um, uh, I do know you like to read. Uh -huh. I have a <laughs> note. <laughs> I have a note of that. Note of what? On uh, Genesis six, yeah, Jack Hayford, um, 
the um, current uh, prelate of um, the Foursquare Church uh, says, The sons of God may mean godly men of the line of Seth as opposed to Cain's godless descendants, superior men such as kings or angels who rebelliously left heaven to take women as wives. The latter view has interpreted difficulties but seems the most likely. It also seems serves to reinforce the pre-flood evil in the world, for God abhors interbreeding of unlike species. So, Michael, what have you learned here today? Uh, I'm just sitting back and taking it in. Um, I, I, yeah, I find the whole thing about the, uh, well, I mean, shock of all shocks, right? I find the whole thing about the the nephilim just to be laughable. Um. But it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to hear perspectives. Sure, sure. Who, who, who do we need to drag out to the street and, and pelt with rotten garbage or rotten uh, vegetables? Who, who brought this Nephilim topic up? <laughs> it, it was me. It was me. Of course it was. Let's get them, guys. Well, the, the the problem is, is that is that you know Chris is distracted by Kyle, so he's like, you know, he's he's just opening the door, throwing the proverbial grenade in, and closing the door, and just watching everybody run around like chickens with their heads cut off. <laughs> he's just sitting on fire watching it burn. Correct. Well, I thank Chris for taking the bullet on it, but actually, it was me. <laughs> Even when it's someone else's fault. Babes and atheists is so much truth. Welcome everyone else. If you guys have another uh, conversation to be had or a question or comment in chat, it is your fault if we keep talking about Nephilim. All you got to do is type something in chat or raise your hand and jump up on stage. Hey, Yvette, it's been a long time since I've seen you. What's up? Uh, Edvern, yes, you have a question. Yeah, it's a different topic, if that's okay. Yes, please. Can I ask Michael something? Oh, yeah. I just, what, Aviana? Yeah, I just wanted to ask Michael if he thinks it's still, like, and that's fine. Like, I, like, I don't take, like, I'm, uh, it takes a lot to get me offended if I get offended at all. Um, so do you still think it's ridiculous to have somebody that's, like, nine foot or, or ten foot tall? I know for us that still seems, like, weird. But then I've heard things, like, um, because of, like, how the firmament was and different things like that, that, like, uh, like oxygen like there would be like a lot more oxygen and different things like that. So they try to give like scientific reasons behind why some people might be um, so large. I mean, what was that guy? He was like the Guinness book of world records. He was nearly nine foot tall. And that was like in our, like relative, not our lifetime, but um, what was he like eight foot 11? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, mm, Okay. I'll 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 wade, in, I'll wade into this as charitably as possible. Um, let's see. Uh, so oxygen. Now I, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV sometimes. But from my understanding, uh, that is that. So the air we breathe is only about 22 percent oxygen ish. Um, and but but you know, like the the air we breathe is actually slowly breaking down our cells. Like it's one of the things that actually adds to aging. Um. I've I've heard this argument before from people. Oh, you know, there was there was more oxygen. I'm not sure how we could test something like that. Um, 
the idea of the firmament, as I have read it from the Bible, um, seems ridiculous. Uh, you know, a crystalline dome, right? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't take that seriously. Um, and and while it's possible, I suppose I'd have to concede the possibility of some type of a you know quote unquote freak of nature. Um, yeah, I, I I don't uh, I don't put a lot of stock in that. Well, yeah, the freak of nature thing is why why I I always think like I don't know, am I just too like optimistic in the world or too? That's not the right word, but it's like, well, you know, take the tallest person we know, like whatever you said, like the Guinness Book of Records, like almost eight feet or almost nine feet. You said so, like take n- almost nine feet that we know of empirically. So it's been measured, been tested, everyone saw it, I guess, whoever was there. So no one questions the almost nine feet. So you know. Give or take a couple feet and call it, you know, just a genetic anomaly or some giantism or I mean, it just doesn't seem again. That's not the hill I would die on. I'd be like, okay, sure. Maybe like start with almost nine feet that we know has happened. And then I don't know, add another foot or two just because never say never. Yeah, but I think what you'd have to do is you'd because it wasn't just one. Right. Right. So it would have to be, you know, multiple. Right. And, you know, my understanding from from a genetics perspective, you know, is that this would have to be something, you know, passed on through genes over generations, right? Maybe you know, like it was this, like an you know, incestuous like, tribe, like the, you know, like the hills have country people or something, like how they were all like, you know, super strong and super weird because, you know, of all the interbreeding. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe it was like a few extra tall genetic mutations. And then like, because it was one like tribe that all like hooked up with each other, maybe it was a whole tribe of big, tall, weird people. Well, I mean, if, if you're going to, I mean, I don't, the the idea of kind of like incest though or something like that or you know inbreeding like we we understand like we know why those things don't work right um when, when there there are problems when you only have a gene pool about as deep as a spoon right um and <laughs> we, we know has no branches yeah yeah exactly right we we know those things though which is one of the reasons why again and I'm not trying to you know wade into you know different waters try to keep it on topic but like that's why we know that's why we know that you know like the the story around noah's ark couldn't be the case right like the human race would not have survived if we were only talking about adults right it wouldn't it wouldn't it can't happen right because unless god yeah well yeah unless like we know what happens when it's mom and uncle daddy right we know those things don't produce viable offspring we get the royal family what well yeah yeah that that's a (laughs) That that's a that's a decent example, but it's that still has more branches, like you know, than a than a chopstick, like you're t- like we were talking about before. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, a- anyway, you, uh, AVN, I hope that answers your question at least a little bit. Yeah, no, thank you, uh, thank you for your for your honesty. I'll have to try to find it, but I was reading something interesting a while ago on why. So, like, we know right how inbreeding is like bad, but it was talking about how like why it wouldn't be like as bad when it was right back in Noah's age. I don't know if it, if the premise was like basically no baby no you may not. Um if it was basically like it gets worse the deeper you go. I can't really remember. It was so long ago so I probably shouldn't even have brought it up, but I'll try to find it. Um uh, ask her Skittles, ask her Skittles little one. Um Edwin, you were gonna say something, you had a question or something? Oh, is Edwin gone? Welcome back, Joanna. Uh, Nasir, what's up, Nasir? Yeah, so I was going to ask about that um, idea of the gene pool being small. Um, 
I mean, theoretically, if you have a gene pool that is small, um, and say you have inbreeding happening, um, at one point, can you get to uh, what point can you get to a time where the gene essentially mutates and become different? That way, you're able to essentially have uh, distinct genes, like because, like from what I understood from biology, it's like okay, so we had an ancestry with apes, whatever. I mean, there has to be the first human, right? So, wouldn't you say that also would apply to the idea of the genes being um, no limited? Like, no, 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 no. Um, no. So, yeah, individuals don't evolve; populations do, right? So there was there was never there was never an ape that gave birth to Homo sapiens. That that never happened. No one in biology that that is the type of and I'm I'm like I I hope that no one whoever no, we had puts a, himself on this stage would say something like that. We had a common ancestry <laughs> with them, though, right? So common, common mean, ancestry, common uh... ancestry is different, right? Yeah, populations evolve; individuals don't, right? So, so no one, no one serious in the yeah. field of, of biology would ever say that an ape gave birth to a Homo sapien. Well, Never. okay, so. No, no, no. That's not what I was saying. I don't think you got it. But I was saying that we had... Dr. Phil. You are the parrot. We, we had, are. <laughs> yeah. So we had a common answer with the apes, right? But, I mean, human species, if you look at, a, um, you know, the different type of humans that are that exist today, I mean, you can't say, oh, they all um, essentially diverged at that point where... Yeah. I mean, the, the, were close. Like, because that's not possible, right? I mean... I you think what you're saying, yeah, I think what you're saying is not possible, but there's another problem with what you said, and that you said, you know, we share a common ancestor with apes. And, and again, okay, Nate, here goes my grenade. We are apes, right? Like, it, like ape, ape. yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's like saying, you know, you found a half German shepherd, half dog, right? German shepherds are dogs. We are apes, right? This is just, this is settled science. We we are we are we are one of the families of great apes. We just are, phylogenetically, genetically, chemically, biologically. This is settled science. I mean, I don't see the, the speaking of weird hills of die on. Like I like I don't know. I like I can see like every time you you make the human comment, like I can't believe you guys on as push back as you have. But like whenever um you know, occasionally like three times in the last month, you'll say like, you know, we're all humans. Do you agree? I'm like, sure, sure, sure. And then some, you know, one of the Christians, which I am, but I'm not one of those Christians who will be like, no, we're not. They, it's like they're healed and dying. Like we are not apes. We're creating the image of God. I'm like, well, okay, I get it. But I mean, you know, if humans like had gills on the side of their head and we're like, you know, we're, we're like close and related to sharks. Um, you could say, well, you know, we're part of the family of sharks. That still doesn't mean like we are a shark. Otherwise we'd be sharks. But we can say, like, you know, we're, we're a quasi-shark or came from sharks or related to sharks. Um, it's just a classification. That doesn't mean that, you know, God didn't have a supernatural hand in creating a soul, uh, which, you know, science is not going to speak to other than say we have no way of speaking to that. Right. So, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a weird hill to die on, too, with that understanding. Like, I understand, you know, we want to be like special creations of God, which we are. But, I mean, it's like all biological life. It's like, well, you know, why, why are we so closely related to am animals? Like, well, it's like. Well, that's, that's like saying, like, if this is what biological life is, well, then if God makes biological life, 
through the dust, through his breath, through supernatural means, if biological life is this, then it just makes sense that all biological life would be made of the same compositions. Just like if God wanted to make us out of metal rock monsters, it's like, oh, well, God couldn't have done that because, you know, we, we have the same composition as, as metal or rocks or something like that. It's like, well, if God had any intent of making, you know, rock monster people, it's only common sense that we would share the same sort of composition as rocks do. Um, anyways. Yeah, no, and and I've and I've heard this argument a lot. Like they're like, I mean, talk about hills to die on. Like one of the questions I'll ask somebody, and you know, I'm not a biologist, right? But I'll say like, do you do you think what human, you know, like do you think people are animals? And people rail against that idea, but I mean, we we just are animals. We just are. Like if if you look at what an animal is, right, a multicellular eukaryote with an internal digestive tract, that's us. Full stop. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you believe. We are animals, right? But there are people that that, that bulk at that. And universal common ancestry is a thing. It, like it just is. And I've heard I've heard some people like more kind of that argue along the theistic evolutionary things, right? That will say, well, you know, yeah, like that just you know that just shows how clever God was, you know, and that you know I've talked to some people that say that you know God totally exists. They identify as Christian, but they'll say that evolution is the tool that God used to get us where we are. And I, I've been in rooms where where, where one quote-unquote Christian will say that, and another quote-unquote Christian will start to bite that other person's head off just below the chin, right? Um, just freaking out in, in, any, in every way, shape, and form, right? And, and see, like, I just want to clarify, like, you know, my, my take is not even addressing evolution, whether or not someone believes in that. My, mine is like just the fact that, you know, we are the same composition. That doesn't mean you believe in evolution or not. Like, you know, I have big problems with evolution, the way it's, you know, presented kind of secularly. Like I, I see some issues there. So, uh, I mean, you know, just because we're made of the same stuff, you can still be like, oh, I totally get evolution and we're made of the same stuff. Or no, I don't believe evolution at all. The earth was created in six days and so were people or whatever. Um, but you can still be like, well, yeah, it's only makes sense that we're made of the same stuff as other life. So I mean, that, that's not even an evolutionary point. That's just like a, we're made of the same minerals point. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and you can see that, you know, under the, you know, pull, you know, pull apart the human body and look at that stuff and see, you know, that we, you know, contain carbon and, and all, you know, all these other different things, right. That, you know, that, that make up who we are and make up every other, make up every other living thing on this little speck of dust. Um, yeah, I, I do tend to, I do tend to have a, a larger issue with people that are the, that are the strict special creation kind of people, because, you know, like from a, again, from a, like, if you just look at the biology and I'll, I'll typically, you know, lead with something like, um, it was a line that Robin Williams said once in a, in a comedy skit. He said, the best evidence against any type of quote unquote intelligent design is that no designer would put an amusement park next to a waste management facility. Um, and, you know, of course, you know, he means that very, you know, kind of tongue in cheek laughingly, but, you know, there's, you know, that, that's a problem, you know, but you look at, you know, the fact that the, the, the same hole we breathe through is also, also the same hole we eat through, which results in thousands upon thousands of people choking to death every year. Our, our brain like the the primary auditory cortex seems to make sense because they're just over over top of each one of our ears, but the occipital cortex, which is what controls our eyes, is at the back of our head. It doesn't make any sense at all from a de, quote unquote design perspective. Look at the human shin, 
right? Anyone who's ever banged their shin would would it would have to admit that some of the meaty muscle that's on the calf would be better placed in front of that shin bone, right? Like just just from a like you know, again from a design perspective, right? It 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 just seems to so fly in the face of design. So wouldn't that essentially just I don't know, man, disprove evolution? Because like I mean, if it wasn't being selected for, why would it be there, right? Assalamu alaikum. Oh yeah, but uh, well, I mean, evolution certainly isn't. You know, evolution happens when there's where's, when there's a selection pressure, right? But evolution is not the same type of quote unquote design that that you know that intelligent design proponents push for, right? You know, they they look you know like look at everything the way it's just so perfectly like I've heard uh, what's his name um, Ray Comfort. Has made this type of argument. Like he he actually made the argument that if you look at you know if you look at a banana, how there are four sides to the banana, and when and how it fits perfectly in our hands for eating, like that's ridiculous. I mean, because if you look at if if you just do a Google search of what bananas were like fifty sixty thousand years ago, they weren't even something we could eat. Like the the bananas we have now are genetically engineered to be the way they are now. Like, it's just, it, it's just, it's laughable on the face of it. Hey, uh, Michael, so I don't, I don't really have problems with evolution in terms of, um, you know, like, can we edit the genome of a bacteria? You know, I mean, that's how we essentially do research now, right? We, um, like, when we're selecting for bacteria, we make it um, specifically, you know, um, it being, uh, we we actually design it to make them to be resistant to antibiotic, and that's how we select which bacteria we want to, you know, study for further. But like the idea of us coming from apes, man, like there's really no proof for that. And I think the best thing that they sorted was by saying, um, oh, there's like a viral uh, genome that's found within the same similar chromosomes, and I don't know, man. Is there any other report proof that? You can look at as opposed to that. Well, yeah. So again, just to go back and uh, and you know, I'm not trying to you know be uh, you know, uncharitable. We didn't come from apes. We are apes, and some of the best evidence for that is chromosome two. Just, just, just like do you can quick Google search of that, right? The the so apes, apes have two more chromosomes than we do. Our our chromosome two is fused, and that's why we have. 46 as opposed to 48 chromosomes so just, just like that's just a quick thing but but we we didn't come from apes we are apes we are not apes we are primates hominid yes yeah like it's yes that that's a colloquial thing yes primates apes say you're like we're members of the great ape family which are primates sure well this is fun <laughs> hey reef what's up reef What's up, do buddy? Do you want to talk about apes too, or do you have a different question? Uh, I have many questions, many, many questions. Y'all are What's Christians, right? You're, uh, you're... Except for Michael, I think, and whatever cool. the is. Yeah, so if there's any atheists, I just want to make a disclaimer really quick. I'm only interested in talking to the Christians. Um, yeah, man, no worries. Yeah, I've, I've talked enough, so have at it. Sure, so Nate, right? Yo. Um, are you a Christian that believes that Jesus is God? Yep. Oh, That's man. What some most people would say are Christians. 
I I know a lot of Christians that um, reject the concept of the Trinity. It was a play on the definition of the word, but yeah, go ahead. Yes, I am sure, a Christian but, who believes in the divinity of Jesus. So, um, why jump to this conclusion? I mean, nowhere in your Bible does it say that Jesus is God. In fact, it says several times that he makes a distinction between himself and the Father, and that, um, you know, you ought to worship God, not him. So, um, and don't tell I, me I, he I just, said, I am the way or something like that. Hold on, hold on. So I'm not claiming to be a prophet, but I know, you know, that's not true. Like you can, when you say nowhere does our Bible say Jesus is God, you, you know, that's an assertion. Show me. Like you've heard Let's all take a the look reasons. At it. You've heard all the reasons um, that that would be disputed. So you can't absolutely say this. You can say that's your opinion, but you can't be like, on. okay, so go to Revelation. Uh. I think it's Revelation 21.6. I, I think um, before we go further, Nate, can I just ask a question? Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then I can read that scripture. Um, I, well, I think that I, I think we need to be clear here because I, I have talked with a lot of Muslims on different uh, forms. And what seems to happen is they try to play the exact word fallacy. Um, so if that's what you're looking for, um, we we're not going to be able to give that to you. Like I doubt maybe you're not. Wait, wait, hey, stop, stop, everyone, stop, stop, everyone, stop, stop, stop. No, uh, this is going to be really quick. Um, so sorry, Aviana. Um, I just want to like cut this because it's going to be a quick conversation because the guy, I, I know that he knows everything we're going to say, right? Before Abraham was, I am, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, he knows everything we're going to say, but I wonder if you've know, like revelation 21, six, you can't say it's not in there. So when you want it, when you want Jesus running up and down the road saying, I am God, like three times, in perfect English, I guess, if he did that, then you would say, I don't believe it because he didn't do it four times. And then if he did it four times, you'd say, I don't believe it because he didn't do it five times. But let's just see, you want Jesus to make the claim he's God. So whether you believe this or not, you cannot say it's not in the Bible. So Revelation 21, six, this is Jesus who is talking about. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. He also said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. To the one who conquers, they will have this heritage. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. This is Jesus saying, I will be his God, and he will be my son. So there's will nowhere be else son. to go. The well, mm. let me read it again. Mm. And he said, and he's... And <laughs> no, no, don't what, read it again. Right, Answer no, my no, question. Nope, no, stop. You're going to just hang out there for a minute. So I'm happy to bring you back, maybe. But what you're not going to do is interrupt and shift the goalpost. You ask two questions. I will answer both of them, because even if you don't care, someone probably does. So let me answer both questions. You just move the goalpost like a slimy little snake. So just hang out in the audience. If you stick around, I may talk to you again. So first of all, you wanted to know where Jesus says he is God. I just told you, Revelation 21, 6 and 7 says, so the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God. Where does Jesus say he is God? Revelation 21, 7. I will be his God. And the second question you said is, oh, who will be his son? As if that has anything to do with Jesus being his God. Jesus said, I will be his God. Revelation 21, 7, there's, your, there's where Jesus says, I am God. Now, who will be his son? I just read it. So, you know, if you weren't paying attention, let me read it again. He said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Revelation 21, 6. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty. Who will be a son? The thirsty. 
So to the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. So you said, where does Jesus say he is God? Revelation 21, 7. I will be his God and he will be my son. Who is his son? The thirsty, the one who wants it. He says he'll give freely this water of eternal life. He says the same thing in John, I believe it's John chapter 9. He says almost the same exact thing. He says, to the thirsty, I'll give water of eternal life freely. So all who want it. So even you, if you want to follow the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, who says, just like you wanted, he is God, Revelation 21, 7. If you're thirsty, if you want this water of eternal life that he will freely give, right now, you can be his son and he will be your God. That's the answer. So anyone who hears the words of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, if you believe that, he is God, he has the power to forgive sins and give someone eternal life, he will be your God, and you will be his son or daughter. It's gender neutral. So that's the answer. Um, I didn't mean to preach, but goodness, that kind of hits a nerve. Michael, that's my grenade, if you're wondering. Um, so... Well, both of them took off before. I mean, I, oh, Reef, there you are. So, Reef, I'll invite you in back briefly, but there's no more what ifs. You can either say, I now know that Jesus claims he is God. I just heard you read it, Revelation 21, 5 through 9, to get context. So, you can say, I, I know now that Jesus claims he's God. I just think that's part of the Bible that's corrupted. Um, and we can still disagree that way. And you can say you don't believe it's true, but you cannot say it's not in there. So I'll give you a chance if you'd like to come back and speak, but we're not doing the what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. So, brother, 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 your power trip is extremely bad faith. I think if you want to have a conversation. All right. Well, thanks for playing. Uh, we are not brothers. Um, so, I mean, I wanted you to just speak on the content, but you did not. So uh, would anyone else like to speak on that? I mean, for all the people that want to know where in the Bible Jesus says he is God, as if, you know, Rev, uh, John 9 and 10, where he says he uses the same title that Yahweh uses, the God in Exodus, when he talks to Moses and says, who do I tell them you sent? And he says, tell them I am sent you. And then Jesus uses the same title exactly for himself. And all these other places throughout the Bible, if someone wants point blank, where does Jesus claim to be God? And we say Revelation 21, 7, and they say, I don't know, something other than that. Does anyone else have thoughts that would like to share? Aviana, what about you? I can't. That's a lot. You know, um, Joshua, if you come up, I'd be so happy. Um, Jesus saying me and the Father and the Father are one, things of that nature. I have a whole list, but some will adhere and some will not. Uh, Aviana, do you have a thought? Or comment? I'm sorry, I was going with um, my children. <laughs> All right, Atheist Michael, do you have a thought or a comment? So play the part of Reef, I guess, since you know he, I, I gave him a second chance to speak. So play the part of the questioning person, even as you, the atheist, you know, close enough, um, who doesn't believe any of this stuff anyway, uh, maybe someday, but not now. Um, so if your question is, Nate, where does Jesus say he is God? And I say, Revelation 21, 7, he says, I will be your God and you will be my son. Would you then say, that's not satisfactory or would you feel like the only place you have to go is well i see that it's now in your bible i just disagree because i think it's corrupted or i think it's not true or i think it was forgery or like would you still say show me where jesus is god and jesus says i will be your god and you're like no no that's that's not what i was looking for or would you think that's pretty close to the bullseye so i so and like i've said before you've heard me say this i don't know how many times nate 
when I was a Christian, I was a I was a Trinitarian. Um, I I believed that Jesus was God made flesh. You know that you know the 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 whole nine yards, right? Talks about in Genesis, you know, the Spirit moving over the waters. Like I I never had a problem, like with you know with the Trinity. I never had a problem with Jesus being God. That that was never an issue for me. Um, I so as an atheist. I don't say, oh, the Bible says Jesus wasn't God. I'm like, I don't believe the whole story. So like, if you like, it's, so it's for me, it's not about, and so I, I don't know if I'm really helping or hindering, but it's not about like, so for me, it's not about Jesus wasn't God. Like th that seems like a, like a, it's a, a different kind of argument. I've heard those arguments made by, uh, by, by uh, made by Muslims before um, and, and stuff like that. And And so it's, it's not. I mean, we've used this for, you know, phrase a lot this morning. This is not a hill that I would die, that I would choose to die on, you know, or a sword that I would throw myself on. Because when I was a believer, it was my standpoint as well. Like, like when I was a believer, I would have stood alongside you, Nate, and said, "Yeah, like, look at these. Like, it's not that controversial." So, sorry, not not sure I'm helping. Uh, no, that's what I was looking for. I mean, it's basically like of the text. It's like you know, if you read the text and you're like, "Okay, show me where Jesus is God," it's like, "Okay, well, here it says." Jesus says, I will be your God and you will be my son. So then is that misunderstood? Like when Jesus says, I will be your God, does he not mean that? Or does he mean like, I will be your God, which really means jellyfish? Or, you know, I, I think we can trust that, you know, when Jesus says, I will be your God, he really means I will be your God. That is a God claim. Um, there, that's what there I was looking for. There might be a language. I mean, there might be a language issue there that I'm not qualified to, to speak on. Like, uh, you know, my, you know, our friend Josh is in the audience. I'm not sure if he could either, because the, the, I'm not sure if he speaks Greek. Um, he's I know he more, um, I'm sure he has some knowledge about uh, the New Testament, but usually when people ask him New Testament questions, he says that his specialty is like Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I said, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to throw it. I'm just not sure if he's more aware or whether he's spoken to people who have identified this kind of a language thing and can speak, he can certainly, it doesn't matter what it is, oh. whatever he says about this, he's speaking on it with more intelligence than I am, for sure. So, you know what, um, that's actually, that's actually a really good thing. So if, if Greek is not something he's an expert at, um, you know, I guess the Blue Letter Bible is a close second. So let's break out the, uh, break out the, um, uh, what's, concordance. So uh, let's see. Let's just go like, not word by word, but like uh, the I will be. What does Jesus mean when he says I? Um, let me see here. In Hebrew or Greek? Is, Greek one revelation. So the words like esome, esomai. Uh, let's okay, see. So what does this mean? Ego emi. Uh, did anyone else want to speak while I'm looking this stuff up? Edward, welcome back, and welcome, Piper. Hey, Nate. Hi. Um, Hello, how are you? I'm good. Um, to comment on the previous stuff that was said, I don't think the issue for like critical scholars is going to be whether or not Jesus um, claims to be God in any of the Bible. He clearly does. John, very explicit, right? Um, and then there's the Revelation passage you were reading, of course. But the issue for critical scholars is more if you're going to try to figure out whether the kind of flesh and blood man claimed this, right? Then you're going to be concerned about the fact that 
even though earlier gospels than John portray Jesus as God, he doesn't really, they don't really have the words on his lips. Right. So um, that's something that worries critical scholars. Okay. I have it here. And I would say, you know, that would be different than, you know, if the man claims versus the future Jesus claims, because I, uh, you know, the, at least the question now is, does Jesus claim? Because, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a claim of the Bible. Um, but so, okay, so like going to Revelation 21, he says, I will be, first person, will be. I will be the singular. So when Jesus says I, he means I. He means himself. Um, let's see. And going on to the next one. He means exactly who you think it will be. So he, and as described in, in Revelation, the thirsty one. That is who he is. He will be the son. So then what does Jesus mean when he says God? When Jesus says God, spoiler, he means deity. He means God. So when Jesus says, and the words, you know, theos. So, you know, Greek for God. Um, in Hebrew, that would be Elohim. Um, and for Christianity, Yahweh, Jehovah. Um so yes, Jesus says, I, singular, me, myself, I, Jesus, will be his to the thirsty, to the person who wants this water of life, uh, that person will be his God, his deity, his God. So um, turns out um, we didn't need to do the Greek, but since we did, it means exactly as it's written. Jesus is claiming to be the God of the people who want to be his son, who want this water of life. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think you needed to do the concordance. Of course we didn't. Jesus, like, of course we didn't. You know. <laughs> that that verse is very explicit. So. I know, right? But, you know, can't say we didn't do that now. <laughs> uh, so, Piper, I don't – have we met before? Uh, I think, like, maybe once. Anything but... else on your mind? or? Uh... Um, no, I just wanted to comment on that thing that was said before about – Jesus, what Jesus said, or whatever. Sure, sure. Hey, Nate. I didn't, yo, what's up, Adam? Hey, all right. So this question, uh, kind of a dangerous question, but uh, the star, what are your thoughts on this? Maybe Chris, the star of Remfam, all right? Uh, God speaks about this in in um, book of Acts. Oh, chapter, it's in He's condemning the people of Israel for having the, the uh, revering the star of Remphan. I understand Remphan was a was a, a false god, uh, and I looked up what the star of Remphan looks like, and it looks like the uh, the star of David. Now, do, do you think? I'm curious if uh, Abba, I don't know if that a rabbi Rav is in here. Do they? Do you think that's the star of David? Basically, you have any thoughts on that? Anyone else have thoughts on that? The star of Remphan mentioned in the New Testament is that the star of David? which actually is a pagan symbol. I don't know. Just curious. Can you find the verse in Acts that you're talking about? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It, yeah, it's not a very uh, well-known text, but I'll look it up. And uh, yeah, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, it's Acts chapter 7, verse 43. It says, yeah, you took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god, Remphan. Uh, figures what which was... you made to... Acts what? Acts chapter 7, verse 43. So and if you look up, uh, you know, you just Google it, the star of Remphan, and uh, it also associated with the uh, uh, god of Saturn, 
there's some uh, hieroglyphics where it shows you the star Rip, and it looks like the, uh, it's a hexagram, I believe. Uh, it looks like the Star of David. So some people believe that the Star of David that Israel has on their flag is actually a pagan, uh, uh, a symbol of a pagan, um, excuse me, it's um, a pagan symbol. And that's what God has a view here. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. So you could just kind of do off a Off the top of my head? I, yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know. But does anyone else know? So your question is, is a star of Rimfan the star of David? No idea, but I don't think so. Okay. Uh, no, it's associated yeah, with Saturn and Near Eastern cultures. Eh. Yeah, if you just look it up, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at what I see on the, on the internet. If you Google the star of Rimfan, it looks like the star of David. So I'm just wondering, you know, when God was condemning Israel, um, in Acts chapter seven, I forgot um, was actually that referring to the star of, of David that they would still treasure to this day, but it's actually not the star of David. It's actually a pagan. Hang on, you guys don't know. Well, therefore, God doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, it seems like if you're if you're coming to this conclusion, it is not commonly um, that's not a common conclusion people draw. So, not saying you're wrong, but uh, the populace of the world at large, it's not a common conclusion they draw. Real quick to address some of the conversations in chat. Um, didn't Jesus, uh, let's see, Revelation, where'd it go? Didn't Jesus speak Aramaic? I believe so. Um, Jesus ascended before Revelation was written. Yeah, it's a vision John had, and John wrote in Greek. So that's why we went to the Greek. The New Testament's written in Greek. So people spoke in Aramaic, but, um, you know, some portions, I, I think Aramaic, like Daniel was written in Aramaic. I think the rest was written in Hebrew and Greek. Maybe I'm missing a book or two. But the New Testament, I, I believe, is exclusively written in Greek. But yeah, as far as Revelation, that was written in Greek. And Jesus, yeah, I believe, spoke Aramaic. That doesn't mean maybe he didn't speak, uh, you know, a little bit of Hebrew. I mean, he read the scrolls. He read the scriptures, which were written in Hebrew, the Old Testament, Isaiah. And, you know, he probably, I don't know, knew a couple words in Greek like I do in Spanish. So that's not to speak to the, you know, fluency of multilingual Jesus. But, yeah, a lot of people seem to think he spoke Aramaic. Um, what say you on that, Chris? Oh, I don't know. I'm covered in tile dust. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's a pretty tile good impression. That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think historical Jesus people also think that he spoke some Hebrew. So because he would have been taught the Old Testament or something, you know, like that. Well, yeah, he read the I mean, he read Torah. So, I mean, you would, you would think that was in the, um, I mean, who's going to, like, translate on the spot from Isaiah and Hebrew to Greek or yeah. Aramaic? Well, if he was God, he knew every language just off the cuff, every language. Should he, I mean, should he show off? Like, you know, he did lots of things. He said, you know, like, uh, lots of things he didn't do because it wasn't his time. So if he would have, like, you know, rolled out like a boss speaking Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, and the scriptures. And by the way, let me do this in English too, because some guy two thousand years from now is going to say, "I want me to say I'm God in perfect English." Um, so you know, I mean, there there could be a reason why he didn't, you know, roll hard in the paint, as it were. See, that would have been me, right? I, I, I Basketball now, she. Yeah, I would have rolled that way. That's why you were. <laughs> you could have been God, the devil like too. <laughs> Maybe that's what the devil thought. He's like, "No, you should you should play your God mode more." Um, and then it's probably got the better of him, and you know, it didn't work out so well. What do you What do you mean? Could have been the devil? How do you know I'm not the devil now? That's a great point. Burn him. 
I am lulling you into a false sense of security with my charitability, and I will get you in the end. Wow. <laughs> um, you heard it first here, folks. <laughs> hey, Strange, welcome. The devil I'm not the angel of light. <laughs> just to follow on with the discussion, I, I put it in. What I just, it's sort of a curiosity to me. If you talk to a rabbi and you talk, you know, if you're talking and they're, you know, like discussing Torah, they always speak in Hebrew and then they will translate it for you. It's always worked out of Hebrew. And a Muslim scholar will do the same thing in Arabic for the Quran. It will always be worked out of the original language. Why don't Christians do the same thing? Uh, well, what do you, so why? Depends on the Christian. Well, yeah, I mean, we have uh, we have a couple Christians that live in Greece and they're fluent Greek speakers and they will read their Greek Bible and then be like, OK, and now this is what this means in English. So so what you seek is is done. I imagine if us English Christians, you know, we're, we're Greek and that's the language we were fluent in and spoke and read our Bibles, then we happen to be bilingual in English. Um, then we would do the same thing. But there there are examples of what you speak of um, the fact. But, you know, we happen to be fortunate enough with linguistics that we have our Bible translated in our native tongue. I, I guess um, if you, if you've also, ever talked to, I'm, oh, I'm there's sorry. also like, a, there's also like, a, like an issue about like, whether you're talking about scholarly context or whether you're talking about like um, the context of the religious tradition. Right. So like, if you go, let's say like you go to, I don't know, some mosque, right. And they're reading the Quran. They're not going to be translating it into English at all. They're just going to be doing it in Arabic, likely, right? Unless you're talking about, you know, I don't know, a mosque in America or something like that, right? Um, so, like, because English is, like, the native tongue of the most of the Christians you run into, um, and they're not, most Christians you run into aren't doing it in a scholarly context, and that's going to be the same thing for pretty much every religious tradition. The scholars are going to be, like, the minority, um, you know, there's probably no need to translate it from the Greek. So, <laughs> well, uh, strange. I, I want to hear what you're saying too, because you're the only new person we have right now. But um, like what we just did in Revelation 21:7. If you were here for that, like you know, we were. We, I read the thing like five times, and then he's like, "What is it?" Someone asked what it says in the original language. So you know, we broke out the concordance, BlueLitterBible.org, and we can use it. And we went there, and uh, it turns out. We we did. I mean, we translated it just for the benefit of saying we did, uh, but we didn't need to. So we're like, okay, this this word means means this. So Jesus says, I I means this in Greek, and turns out I actually means I, and you know, will be. Here's the words in Greek. Turns out that really means will be. Um, and then God, yep, Theos, God means God. So you know, we we translators. Why do people are people celebrated so much of their jobs? Like translators and biblical scholars seem to seem that no one trusts them it's like you know these guys are pretty decent at their jobs so um does that mean you you have faith at a certain point um or it's reasonable expectations so you know they they hit the nail on the head where they're like i will be his god yep that means exactly what we thought so by the time we go to Eng the greek on there there's there's no reason and did i just see antonis actually joined us is he down there i, th I thought i saw Antonus, or maybe that's my friend Antonio. I just read it quick. Oh, I'm not. I'm not questioning the, the translation. It's it's more or less of how the style is done because I I come from a you know um you know from a Jewish tradition, and if you go 
if you go talk to like say an orthodox rabbi and you ask them a question that comes out of torah or out of talmud or out of mishnah they will almost always when they answer you read it out in the original and then give you a trans not a translation but an explanation of what the meaning is from the original that's the way it works they're always working in other words they would have a greek text in front of them from a christian point of view for the for the new testament and then well, right they, well well yeah i mean you're you're kind of answering your question just like piper said like this this is their native like usually native language or if they're a rabbi um even if it's not their native language they've certainly learn the language because that i mean that's the language they're operating from like this is the original so that's what they do so this is their most cases for a rabbi like th this is their native language so it's like if someone like you know we have another bilingual pastor who comes and he speaks english and spanish and uh you know he or, or one guy oh uh, actually a couple of them one of them is more is fluent in spanish and that's their native language so whenever we talk about the bible verse they're like oh okay and to get their head right to get their mind right you know they read it in spanish first and then they they read it in english I, like, I don't think that's like a, this is the way it's done. It's more like I'm fluent in, in my native language. I want, I want to read it in my native language. So I have my, you know, I have my right thinking and then I want to read it, you know, to whatever audience I'm speaking to. So it's like the, it's not like a, a protocol necessarily. I mean, maybe it is for rabbis, but I don't see it as a protocol thing so much as this is their, their native tongue. They want to get this right in their own mind. And then they want to share it with, you know, whatever group they're speaking with in another language. So like for me, like English is my native language. So if I'm working on an English translation, I'm going to read it in English and say it in English. I, I think that's your answer. Like it's not a protocol thing. It's a how people operate with comfortability thing. Like they want to make sure they know it in their, in their own language before they try to, you know, talk about it in another language. There's that makes also, sense, right? Like there's, there's also like a cultural thing there too. Like as you would know, strange coming from a Jewish background, the Hebrew language is important to the Jews as a people, right? So they're going to want to read the text in Hebrew, right? Whereas, like, for Christianity as a universal salvation religion, I don't mean, like, well, I mean, I don't mean, like, in the universalist, like, sense or whatever, but, like, in the sense that this is a this is a message that's preached to all nations, right? Um, the the um, Greek as a language isn't that important to Christians culturally, right? Whereas it would be Hebrew would be the Jews. All right. I know I was just curious because it's just a difference in the way I've seen it presented. Because it's you know, a lot of times if you ever talk to an uh an Islamic uh apologist, a Muslim apologist, the first almost the first thing they will tell you when you quote something out of the Quran from English, you're not reading it in Arabic. That's that's absolutely their first response. I can almost guarantee you. I, I would too, and I'd say, I mean, like, and Islam, like, they, I mean, I know that's a common thing among them, and I, I think that's just them. Um, so they may be the exception, not the rule. Like, you know, to truly understand it, you need to read it in Arabic, and like, basically, be a fluent speaker in Arabic to have any idea of what you're talking about. Otherwise, it loses meaning. So I, I know that's a common thing among them, but again, that's you know not my religion. They can do what they want. Uh, but I think for the other other people, and especially like this, the examples we've talked about here, um, yeah, I can almost tell you. Like next time, I'm going to ask them just to be sure. But I know that's the answer. They're like, no, because I I speak Spanish, and you know that's that's the reason I do that. I got to read it in the Spanish Bible first, so I so I make sure I know what I'm talking about, and then I'll talk about it in English with you. And I, I can just imagine that's got to be the same for rabbis. So next time our rabbi friends join us, 
I'm going to ask that and see if it's like a Hebraic protocol or something or a rabbinical protocol. But um, especially for the ones who are in America and, and are fluent in English, um, I, I just know without knowing that that's the reason. It's like, well, I want to read it, you know, the way I, the way I grew up, the way I stuttered, studied it as a scholar. And now I'll speak about it on English terms. Oh, yeah, I, I get it. I just was just curious. It just struck me as being one of those things that I noticed is a, is a difference because Spanish is interesting because, as you mentioned it, I always wondered, I, I don't read Spanish, so it'd be interesting to see how that gets translated because English is a non-gendered language, whereas the Latin languages are gendered. And I always wondered how that translation came across from a, gen, a, a non you know, from English being non-gendered to gendered Spanish, French, Italian. I don't know. That's interesting. But, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and just have faith in the Spanish translators that they probably knew what they were talking about, too. And it's not like people haven't had millennia to get this right. So I'm sure if, like, the first Spanish translator, you know, their council or whoever translated this in Spanish, um, if they missed a step, someone else is like, no, no, I'm a fluent Spanish speaker, too, just like you. And I also know Hebrew. Uh, so, you know, let's work on this and get it right. So I, I don't know. But, uh, hey, Michael, can you do me a favor? Um, here, today is your day. Um, can I make you a mod real fast? Because I'm trying to invite some people and it's not working. Could you invite the Andrew guy down there? Um, he's, uh, yeah, I think he's the only Andrew. Could you <laughs> send him an invite? <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> do you, use your powers for good. That's I right. mean, I know you just said you're probably, I know you just confessed to probably being the actual devil. But, you know, just just invite the guy. No, Michael's, Michael's cool with Andrew. That would Everybody happen. watch me pick Nate. No, here. Um, uh, I think everybody's nope. cool. Andrew said he was restarting the app real quick. He said something wasn't going wrong. Oh, okay. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Yeah, everybody yeah, watch you. Yeah. yeah, if you feel the need to cut me down, Nate, and just invite me back up, it's fine, whatever. Well, I've only got about Good 15 morning. minutes, so you can you can keep it today. But I think, uh, Andrew and The Real, did you guys want to come? Oh, yeah, I was hoping we could. I was hoping... Hopefully we could double up on you, Nate. Good morning, everybody. I appreciate it, Michael. Yeah, I was getting ready to restart the app, but when you gave the mods to Michael, I was like, oh, hopefully that'll work. And it did. So, um, yeah, I was just thinking. So the real is my uh, Unitarian brother. I know, Nate, you didn't call Reef your brother, but I'll call the real my brother. Um, he's Unitarian, and he holds this position. Oh, is uh, Reef sort of Christian? I thought he was Muslim. No, he is Muslim. I'm just – I was just oh. kind of – I was just joking with you a little bit there, but – uh, the real says that, uh, you know, he, he, he holds a view that, uh, you know, Trinitarianism is not taught in Scripture. And I wonder, can you quote that Revelation Scripture? I was just kind of curious what he would do with that, because I thought that was um, I forgot about that Scripture. Uh, it's Revelation 20, 21, um, 7 is where he actually says, I will be his God. And he will be my son. Uh, yeah, let me see if I still have it pulled up. Um, oh, boy. Uh, I am good for now to talk, but if I don't respond, it's because I got to do something at work real quick. So I will do my best, but just say it's up. <clears throat> yeah, I'll just I'll bring it up real fast. Revelation. Or it's because I'm buying time because I don't know how to answer. No, I'm joking. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll start at um, I'll start the paragraph break. So Revelation uh, 21, 5. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. 
to the one who conquers will have his heritage. Uh, the one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And also, like to, to contrast this, this person, Jesus, says almost exactly the same thing verbatim as he just now did about the water of life, and I will give from the spring of water without payment. He says almost the exact same thing verbatim in John 9, I believe. Um, I believe it's John 9. So, um, yeah, that's that's the scripture. Yeah. Uh, well, in Jeremiah, um, Yahweh is called, calls himself. Find that verse for you. He called Yahweh himself, calls himself the fountains of living water in Jeremiah. He says, my people have committed two trespasses. One, they have turned away from me the fountains of living water and they have uh worshiped other another god but let me try to find that for you so what i'm saying is if jesus yeshua is saying that he will give the people the fountains of living water then that wouldn't be different than him saying i am the way to the father right no one comes to the father but by me if he would come to me i would give him the ability to have this water he doesn't actually like call himself that you see that do you see the you know distinction i'm making there oh was that for me or someone else probably, probably for, for you nate i mean jesus calls himself the living water he calls himself the bread of life this is what no, people he doesn't call himself the living water that's the part i was saying okay well, well wait hang on hang on wait hang on we're, real fast we're about to get off track um None of this is predicated on Jesus being living water. If uh, like that, that argument is is neutral at this point. Like we're saying, Jesus will give the living water. So regardless, I, I agree. If some, yeah. so if regardless of someone saying Jesus is or is not the living water, the first step that we're on that we need to reconcile is Jesus is claiming to be God who will give living water, i.e., eternal life. Right. So Jesus will give eternal life to this person because he is claiming to be God. So let's let's just acknowledge that. And then you guys can talk about whether or not he is or is not living water. Um, but I, well, I, I wanted to say, like, in, in, sorry, uh, one second. The thing I was looking for, I'm sure it's in, like, G John 7 or 9 or something, where he, he says almost the same thing verbatim. But in John 4, talking about the woman at the well, you know, he does talk about, you know, he's, like, all through John. Like, he talks about, you know, if you knew who this gift of God was and who he who asked it, you know, I would give you this living water. And he goes on to say that, you know, it would be a spring of water welling up into eternal life. And then I, I'm sure, like, in John 7 or John 9, um, yeah, in John 7, 37, 38, he also speaks about living water. Um, so it's just all through there. So it is pretty interesting that all through John, you know, Jesus is talking about he's going to give living water and it's going to give you eternal life. And then in Revelation 21, he says almost the same thing verbatim with the addition of, oh, by the way, I will be your God and you will be my son. Okay, continue. Well, so. <laughs> So we're going to be Jesus's son now? Is that so are you like oneness now? I'm confused about that cuz I thought he wasn't the father. What? Hmm. Let me read this again. So, yeah, I'm confused about what you're saying. Go ahead. Well, about the son part. He says, I mean, I I read this to the Muslim guy and he is also confused. I I don't get the confusion. Okay. Let me just read this little excerpt again. Uh starting at 6. Revelation 21:6. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his inheritance, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, yeah. he, Jesus says, I will be his God, the real. That, that's the, I will be your God. Jesus, Jesus says that. Mm -hmm. I'm confused as to how you're saying that this voice is Jesus definitively. Is it because red letters in your Bible, or I'm just genuinely trying to figure that out? Uh, the one I'm reading is not red letter. It's because, like, Revelation is commonly but... under... Yeah, I mean, how... I mean, I guess you could say that. Like, you know, if just like, you know, the Muslims want Jesus to say he is God, and now he says he is God, and they find ways to work around that, even though he says, I will be his God. If similarly, you're saying, like, you're, like, the 1% of people who... I mean, you're actually the only one I've ever met who may be claiming that the book of Revelation is not Jesus talking, then I would say, I guess you can say that. But for most of the populace who's ever read Revelation, it is understood that this is Jesus giving this revelation to John. And this is Jesus speaking when he's the one on the throne, when he's the one whose name, you know, his robe is dipped in blood. And he says, um, I am, the, you know, his name is called the word of God. Like this is Jesus depicted in Revelation. So if you're like the very, very, I, I mean, actually like the only person I've ever met that wouldn't understand this to be Jesus, then I, I guess you can say that is a reason for your disagreement. But for the rest of us, um, there's really no way to get around it other than to say it just, it just doesn't say that it is. So, I mean, we can go back and forth on why we think it is or it isn't. But well, I think the know, best evidence just... is what I just read. Like the best. I mean, if you want to like if you want to, you know, not read things prima facie, like, you know, at face value, then look at the book of John. Oh, like, brother, like I am three, reading there. it at face value. Hold on, because I'm just getting I'm just getting railroaded here by like a few minutes. Like of, you're just you know, doing to me commentary. No, like, like you just railroading you. I didn't. I haven't even spoken for thirty seconds straight, Nate. What are you talking about? Well, you asked a question. Now you're interrupting me. So you said you're reading it at face value, and I said okay, I just. Okay. Well, are we doing like formal debate, or can we go back and forth? Well, you cannot interrupt the moderator. So I was trying to say you. You asked me a question, and then you interrupted me. So the question you ask is, why would you think this is Jesus? And I said, if you don't want to read it prima facie, which you said you did, but then look at the evidence we just gave. So you have Jesus saying, I will be his God, and he talks about living water, and at least three things I've just cited, John 4, John 7, and I believe somewhere in John 9, Jesus says almost verbatim the same thing this mysterious guy says in Revelation 21.7. So if you have Jesus saying, I will give living water to eternal life multiple times in John when it's undisputed by even you that the guy Jesus is saying this, and then this mysterious, ominous wizard behind the mask is saying the exact same thing in Revelation 21 and then claiming to be God. I mean, if you don't want to just read the read it at face value, then that's pretty daunting evidence that you'd have to overcome to say the guy in Revelation 21, 7 is not Jesus because he's saying the same thing Jesus said throughout the gospel. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah, I got you. So the problem there is that every time in the gospel that it's mentioned of Jesus giving the water or giving eternal life, John 17, 2, for example, he has been given the authority to give eternal life. And he is giving the water from another source that Wait, he didn't always possess. Where, did, where does it say that? Where does it yeah, say John he was 17, given? John 17, 1 and 2. Father, and the then hour John has come. 17, well, if I could read it, that'd be great. If I could read it, that'd be this. great. If I could read it, that'd be great. Gosh, so you guys are uncharitable. Real. Father, real. the oh hour my has it. come. Real. Dude, listen to this. Real. Listen to me. Oh okay, goodness. hang on. Yeah, Michael, please don't bring that guy up. That is so obnoxious. Like, I get it. We may over talk some, but 
that was not great. Chris, please say what you wanted to say. And if someone wants to read what he said he wanted to read. All I was going to say is all he had to read is 17, 1 through 5, which Unitarians never do because they avoid verse 5 because it establishes the eternality of Christ in the very verses and in the context where they want to claim that Christ is not eternal. And so they play games with the text, and that's what they always have done. uh, So, Chris, um, is the thing he wanted to read around what you wanted, what you were saying, read? Yeah, all I said was read it to verse 5. All I wanted to say was read it to verse 5, and he wouldn't let me get it out of my mouth. And what did he want to read? He wanted to just read verses 1 through 3. Would you just read all of it? Yeah, sure. So read his argument and then yours? Yeah, and I'm not trying to be uncharitable. I was just saying, like, hey, read the whole thing. If you're going to read it, like, read the whole thing. All right, John 17.1. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him he may give eternal life. And this is the eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having finished the work with which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. They always want to miss that part. Well, thank you, uh, Andrew. My time is short, but uh, let's let's get some final comments from. Uh, uh, yeah, and Chris, did you? What, what, uh, sorry, one second. Oh. Uh, Chris, did you have anything else you'd like to say, or was um, was that it for you? I mean, look, the reason that Unitarians sit at the theological kids' table, you know, like you can have genuine debates with other folks, but they're over there, like way, way off from anybody who wants to have a genuine debate. Um, because their, their theology is so dumb that like literally no one ascribes to it. Who's a scholar. There's zero Unitarian scholars, like zero. And so they, they, they try to make all these little plays and ploys, you know, and, and no one takes them seriously. It's like, it's like a, it's like a Mormon who's trying to show archeology span of the angel Moroni in Utah. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, nobody takes them seriously. Moroni wasn't a dude. I mean, you know, or whatever the, you know, whatever the nonsense, you know, like prehistory that they made up for the Americas, like, you know, they try to do this like archaeology where they try to show like these Native American tribes are really the tribes of Israel and all this other stuff. And nobody takes it seriously. I mean, it's just, and it's the same thing with Unitarians. Like the reason they want to debate Christians and notice I didn't say Trinitarians, I said Christians. The reason that Unitarians want to debate Christians is that because they're trying to elevate their position into something that isn't such complete nonsense that nobody even bothers with them. No one has bothered with Unitarians for 150 years to even write against whatever they're writing. They just ignore them because it's just such drivel. Uh, Andrew. (laughs) Wowzer. I'd love to hear you and uh, Chris go at each other with, with, over Calvinism. I think that would be, uh, that'd be good. But um, you know, we pretty much made peace on that. We just throw out the compatible card and then we can, we can move on to fighting. against. There we go. There we go. Yeah. He has, has become a Calvinist. He just doesn't realize it yet. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. We'll fight over that. Come to the light. Oh, goodness. You he, people. he hasn't Please drawn the line. Us. He hasn't drawn the line and said you're outside of the circle yet. 
Nate, I'm playing Chris. He's pretty hardcore, though. But here's the thing. I was just going to say, just real quick, Chris, just to make one correction there. People do take it serious. You said there's not a scholar. Uh, so Dr. Dale Tuggy is a Ph.D. from Brown University. He's a Unitarian. And William Lane Craig took him serious enough to debate him. And it's actually an excellent discussion. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's kind so of on an obscure. No one considers an Dale Tuggy to be any kind of a scholar, though. Like, I mean, he's kind of a joke. He's a running joke in, in scholarship. I mean, it's like Marvin Sanguinetti. Whoa. Like, nobody takes Marvin Sanguinetti seriously as a scholar. They laugh at him and they make fun of him. And no one bothers to reply to his papers. And William Lane Craig will debate a tomato. William Lane Craig yeah. debates everybody. Well, hey, yeah, to be clear, I, I was looking for final thoughts because I do have to run. Uh, Andrew, oh, what is yeah. your final Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing? The last thing. I just want to ask something real quick, Nate. So uh, Dr. Bowen down there in the audience will tell you that the Old Testament uh, unmistakably teaches or undisputably teaches that the earth is flat. And I was wondering what you think of that. Um, I was hearing language. I, I believe, I, I think uh, Josh has hung out here enough times where we've had that discussion that he, he at least has heard dissenting views. Um, so, no, I would say, like, you know, when we talk about, like, you know, Isaiah and the circle of the earth, like, you know, um, that, that could be understood as like a sphere uh, just as well as it could be understood as like a 2D flat circle. Sure. Um, I thought so. So, so, no. And, you know, like the foundation of the world. Like, you know, is, is like the, the language like held up on the pillars of the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think you've, you've been here enough that he may not agree with me, but he's at least heard dissenting views of it. So, no, I don't think the earth is flat and I don't think the Bible claims the earth is flat. As with most things, um, the problem is not with what the Bible says. The problem is with humans interpretation of what the Bible says. Sure. Um, so I think m more times than not, that is going to I mean, all the times it's going to be a problem with people, not not the Bible. Um, but yeah, Andrew. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and the first the the real that didn't go very well. That exchange didn't go as I had hoped. Uh, but maybe we can hit it up again another time. But I appreciate it very much, Nate. Yeah, I, I just didn't really. I, I mean, I know that you know everyone wants to like kind of get on their soapboxes and preach, even though I I say I don't mean to preach like a thousand times a day. Um, see, not literally, it's a metaphor. Uh, but uh, anyways, I I don't mean to preach a lot. But you know, once I get on a roll, I. I have a hard time of shutting up. So I understand there's like some over talking and people want to pontificate even myself, but um, you know, yelling someone down is, is not really a great way to go about it. So, um, you know, I can't tell you how many times people will like go on and on and on. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's my podcast. It's my show or it's my room. I just want to like, you know, jump in and talk like they've been talking for like 10 minutes, but I just, you know, bite my tongue and try to be as patient as I can and let them say what they want to say. Um, Anyway, yeah, so. there's, there's been a couple times in the last few minutes I've almost kicked you down to the audience, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Piper, anything you'd like to say to finish this off? Um, no, I think I'm good. Thing. Hey, Viana, how about yourself? I was just going to say, who's going to start another room? Christopher? I mean, if if Chris has the time, you just make him a like you know, kick me down, make him a monk, and then we can keep this going. Unless you unless you just want to cut it out, man. Like it's up to you, totally. But Father Chris, I think he's probably in my uh, Sean. Sorry, ask, sorry about Why that. you haven't you haven't talked you haven't talked very much today? I'm, Anything uh, you'd like to? No, I'm just yeah. taking off. I've got to go replace a router real quick, but. Um, I'll, I'll be, but I'll be online. I'll be listening. Uh, Sean, anything you'd like to say? 
All right. I guess we put him to sleep. All right, guys. Well, everyone, thanks for being here. It was a pretty good discussion. I mean, uh, I, I think the, the revelation, I mean, as far as where people want to know where Jesus says he's God, I mean, there you go. Um, really, your, your only out is kind of like the real took, which is like, well, um, you know, he doesn't say I am Jesus um, and I'm God. Um, so I guess you can you can say that, even though I don't think you're going to have many buyers. Um, or you can say it's corrupted or a forgery or fake or, you know, something like that. But you can't say the text doesn't say it. Um, and then to verify or, you know, to validate that, I would go to John. Now, there's multiple examples of Jesus saying or of this mysterious guy in Revelation 21 saying the exact thing, same thing, almost verbatim that Jesus says in John. So anyways, everyone have an awesome whatever day this is. It's Tuesday, right? Have an awesome Tuesday and we'll catch you later. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.